Hello, everyone, and welcome to Arthritis at Home. My name is Ellen, and I'm the program's coordinator. Today, we are joined by two guests. Dr. Carrie Wine is a senior scientist at Sunnybrook Research Institute, and Dr. Jonathan Lex is a resident of orthopedic surgery and a surgeon scientist in the training program at the University of Toronto. Recently, their team was successful in obtaining the Ignite Innovation Grant from the Arthritis Society for the project titled Creation of a Comprehensive Large-Scale Total Joint Replacement Database that Links Institutions. I know that sounds like a mouthful, but it's going to be really, really important, and it will make a ton of sense in just a little bit. Now, with that, welcome. Uh, Dr. Wine, welcome, Dr. Lex, and thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having us. Thank you. So I would love to ask, um, could you tell us a little bit more about yourself and, you know, your role, whether that's in rheumatology, and kind of how it brought you to this really unique project? Sure, I'll start off. So um, I actually, my training is engineering and biomedical engineering. And so I have been here at Sunnybrook Research Institute um, for quite a number of years. And here I'm actually the director of the Holland Bone and Joint Research Program. And one of the main focuses of our program is looking at doing research related to the continuum of arthritis care. And while I come from an engineering background and more of an orthopedic surgery approach, we really look at all different um, realms of this treatment. So from allied health, intake um, through the whole um, continuum. And at the end of that continuum um, is where I do more of my research, which is um, related to surgical interventions and in, in arthroplasty um, and, and sometimes rehabilitation afterwards as well. Um, so it, it's really a big part of what we do. The Holland Center does um, more um, hips, hip and knee arthroplasty than anywhere else in Canada. Um, wow. So we have a huge um, clinical volumes um, and a real team-based approach to um, providing the best care uh, for individuals along their arthritis journey and also at the end of that, which may be um, hip and knee replacement. That's wonderful. And I can really tell, like you said, the continuum, right? You're capturing the entire continuum, which is so important. Yeah, and I'm, uh, you know, relatively early on in my uh, journey and caring for these patients. So I'm still in the orthopedic surgery residency program. So, uh, you know, performing surgeries and learning uh, you know, how to be a hip and knee arthroplasty surgeon and, and taking care of these patients with arthritis, whether that's osteoarthritis or various forms of of inflammatory arthritis, uh, really looking uh, again at the the whole whole spectrum of the patients we we care for, uh, and you know that's from the initial presentation when when they're starting with us, uh, all the way to when they get a joint replacement, and you know that's really my my clinical and my academic interest, uh, and and I'm excited to you know re receive this grant and really push forward uh, with this work to understand our patients better, provide them with. Uh, more efficient uh, and you know equitable care uh, throughout throughout our province and, and hopefully uh, our country. That's amazing. And you know, Dr. Lex, I I'm just so in awe of the fact that you know you are taking on the clinical side and the research side all in one go. Right. It, I'm just it is 
truly like I know it's very complimentary but at the same time it's like the volume of learning that you have to do right is 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 it's a clinician scientist right it's a two-part name it's a two-part role but it's so important to help um, innovate right and push the field forward so uh, very very excited for uh, this conversation getting to know a little bit more so my question to you is could you explain what is a so-called database and how is this information, for example, collected? So I'll start off with a little introduction and then I'll pass it over to Dr. Lex. So we know that total hip and knee arthroplasty is really common and it's the gold standard treatment for end stage arthritis. Um, we have over 130,000 of these procedures performed annually in Canada alone. And so there's significant costs for these procedures and we really have to understand what are the inputs to this and what are the outputs coming out of this so we can really have access to care and treat as many patients as possible. And so what we want to do is we're trying to develop and improve patient-specific outcomes. So how are individual patients gonna do to be able to predict that and predict how we use hospital resources by creating this unique um, database. And so it links information from individual patients at our institution where we do more hips and knees than anyone, and, and we're the largest arthroplasty center in Canada with over 10 years of data. And we're linking this to population data. So this is the health data we kept we, we capture for all patients in Ontario. So we actually have this large continuum to be able to take patients, specific patients at our hospital, link it to longer term outcomes that we're collecting for all patients in Ontario and merge these together to really understand how we can improve um, hip and knee arthroplasty care. Jonathan's gonna tell you a little bit more about the details of, of what we're trying to do. Yeah, so I mean, as as Dr. Wine uh, mentioned, we, we've been collecting this data now for for over ten years uh, at a the highest volume arthroplasty center in in Canada. So we really have a, a large collection of patients uh, with very uh, good quality and specific detail about their arthritis and their disease patterns uh, for for each patient that's that's come through. Uh, and so in addition to, you know, linking that database uh, that we have with patient databases that are, are stored on, you know, the provincial level, uh, we'll be able to capture their whole journey. So whether or not they came back, uh, you know, to, to follow up with us or, you know, they were from a different region uh, or they moved after because, you know, arthritis is a chronic disease. And so uh, people move, things change. They don't necessarily all come back to follow up with us. Uh, and so that's the beauty of this database is it we still capture the the patient specific level data so what happens to each individual patient that we've treated uh, and we're able to you know capture that over a wide area and so that's you know we have a large database with very high quality data and so that's going to enable us to find out lots of different things about their treatment journey um you know figure out and, and understand these these patients better and hopefully develop systems uh, that will enable us to provide more efficient uh, and equitable care throughout all the patients, uh, you know, in Ontario and through their journey. And so, you know, more specifically about what this data is capturing is the specific features and, and issues that the patients are having with their hip and knee, uh, their joint before they come and, and get the surgery, what exactly happened in the surgery, 
deformities or, or issues they had with their joint and then what implants they got. And then also details about the team who was in the room while that was being treated. Uh, how long did it take? Uh, where did they go afterwards? Did they need rehab, further support? Um, and, and so we're really excited. There's lots of questions we can answer uh, use this database. Yeah, absolutely. And the fact that you're collecting the pre-surgery, right, as well, and then you're following it, then you're merging it. And then the goal is to predict. Could you explain to us why why would we want to predict? Like what why would we want to predict something and what does that mean for patients in future? Sure, I can start a little bit. So one of the issues that we're, we know is an issue here in Ontario and in much of Canada are long waiting times for orthopedic operations. And so what we want to do is if we know how long a particular operation is going to take, then we can do a much better job of scheduling those operations. And we know how stretched our healthcare system is. And so if we can't predict how long they are and operations go long, then we're requiring healthcare workers to work longer hours and overtime um, and people have burnout. So if we can do a better job of understanding what are the factors from an initial patient, we can predict how long their surgery is going to take, how long they may need to stay in the hospital after their surgery, or if they can do same day and get out the same day and go home. Um, if we can understand those factors, we can do a better job of treating more patients in, in the proper way. But what's important to know is we don't want to just treat patients who um, are going to have a short surgery. What we want to do is be equitable. We have to understand how do we um, prioritize different patients? How do we make sure people don't stay on a waiting list for some, a long time? How do we make sure that people from all different groups are treated fairly in terms of their, their access to care? And so by gathering this data, we can put that together and we can use um, engineering-based techniques. So people talk about AI, artificial intelligence and machine learning, and we're using that with optimization to really look to develop more of a smart scheduling system. So if we can use these, we can integrate that. Hopefully we can ultimately have better throughput, reduce wait times for patients and have a better standard of care um, for our patients. And I think there's, there's more information that, you know, who who's gonna benefit from surgery? And I think maybe Jonathan can talk about that. How are we gonna figure that out? Yeah, I mean, that our main goal uh, with this database is, as uh, Dr. Wine mentioned, to use this high-quality data to manage our wait lists and make sure everyone is getting uh, equitable care and maximizing the utilization of our existing operating room resources. And so that's, you know, that's our main goal, but there's lots of other things uh, that this database will enable. Um, you know, frequently patients visit Emerge or uh, have to call their surgeons because they're concerned about things or are readmitted because of some issue that happens within the first you know couple weeks or, or month after their surgery. Uh, and so before surgery, being able to predict who's going to need more support, who's going to uh, have complications, um, you know, unfortunately these things happen, but if we're able to predict those beforehand, we can keep a, a closer eye on them, monitor them, uh, and make sure they're getting the support and resources they need to hopefully maybe prevent those representations to the emergency department or being readmitted to the hospital uh, because we're offering them support beforehand. Um, and so, you know, it's really the, the next step into patient-specific care. 
making sure we understand what implants patients need, um, you know, what support they need, uh, and improving their their journey through the uh, through the total hip and knee arthroplasty uh, you know, journey. And so, um, the the high quality data that we're, we're able to have, as um, Dr. Wine mentioned, is you know enabling uh, you know and really maximizing the the benefit that uh, artificial intelligence can have in creating these patient specific predictions. And I think one other thing that's exciting about this is that we can use really um, advanced modeling, computer modeling and analytics that you hear about, um, and we can really apply them to healthcare. So optimization isn't just in the finance industry, right? It's it's really, we can apply similar engineering and, and computer methods to analyze this type of large scale data and understand and, and do that in an interpretable way so we can understand what are the features that impact this and how well can we predict um, you know, length of surgery or particular outcomes or risk for particular outcomes. And we can then utilize that, integrate that back into our healthcare system. And I think both locally at our hospital to treat our patients better at Sunnybrook, but in a wider sense, how can we do that through at other hospitals, through all of Ontario or all of Canada and beyond? And so I think there's real opportunity in developing these and having a, a, such a comprehensive database because we have a single payer system here in Ontario that we get all the data from all of our patients and we can really use that um, to understand um, and improve the journey for each and every patient. Yeah, absolutely. I think when we, when we think of healthcare, we don't realize a lot of the innovation that we can do is just within the logistics, right? Because if we can improve the logistics of something as simple as scheduling, then we can improve the quality of care because you are then making an equitable. And when we say equitable, that means we allot the amount of time appropriate to meet the needs, the preferences of that individual, right? Yeah. And it's, it, I think, you know, as much as I love fancy technology, what you're doing with the fancy technology, right? The fact that you're combining both of your expertise, one from AI, Dr. Dr. Wine, right? Your, your knowledge of how to build these models and then for yourself as a clinician scientist, Dr. Lex, right? Of being on, on the ground doing, being the individual who's doing all of the surgeries, right? Like combining them and innovating that way. I'm just, yeah, it, it makes so much sense. And I think these, um, being to innovate with what we have and improve the processes we have is, is so important, so key uh, to moving us forward in healthcare. Yeah, and I think what's exciting is building these teams to do this work. So it's not just Jonathan and I that are doing it. Um, Dr. Khalil is a professor um, and a machine learning and artificial intelligence expert at the University of Toronto. Um, he's a computer scientist in mechanical and industrial engineering. Dr. Ravi is one of our arthroplasty surgeons, and he's a surgeon scientist as well and works with these large population data sets. Um, we have, um, in addition to, to, to Jonathan, one of our other fellows, uh, Jay Tora, has been working on this. Um, uh, understanding and improving this um, access and equity in um, 
access to, to uh, surgical um, resources and improving that. Um, and we really have buy-in, which is exciting, from our leadership at Sunnybrook, um, from our executive team saying, yes, we want to understand how we can use data to better treat our patients. And they're interested in, when we develop these models, actually applying them. And that's really important to have the buy-in from our organization too, to be able to make these impacts. That's beautifully said, right? When we think of research, we think, oh, there's a researcher and they do research. No, when you do research, right, you not only require a very, very much so multidisciplinary team with unique expertise, then you need to have the buy-in of individuals, you know, to support that team. And then you have wonderful patients that you see. So for anyone listening who has ticked off that box is you can use my data. Thank you, right? Like you make this possible. You are contributing to research. You, you may think it's just a number, but when we have 10,000 sets of numbers that combined with the technology of AI, right? That can help us improve the, the quality of care. So um, yeah, with with that, then, um, Dr. Wine, Dr. Lex, do you have anything to add for our audience, you know, perhaps how they can get involved or any resources uh, to share if somebody perhaps is thinking or consulting or in the process of uh, surgery? Sure, I'll talk a little bit about how patients uh, can get involved. Um, I think, you know, you can do that before, during, or after surgery. And if you're open to participating in research, if it's a clinical trial or a survey or a study that's going on, they're happening at many centers, and your data is critical because you're not only not only important to yourself and your own journey, but to the journey of all Canadians that are going through this. Um, we have some exciting research studies um, in addition to this that's looking at, you know, how soon, what are the safe activities you can do following total hip replacement, for example. And so we've collected, ten, you know, data from people um, right after their um, hip and knee replacement to five years out and another group from five years to 10 years out to understand what activities they can do. And so it's patient participation in these kind of studies that allow us to understand what is causing pain or problems in function and what can people safely do. Um, it's really important in these studies to have patient partners right from the get-go. And what we call this in engineering is a user-centered design. So how do we bring people who are using this into the conversation as we're designing and implementing this research. And so I think there's really opportunities uh, to, to get involved in that way. I think there's lots of resources also to improve patients' disease journey. And, and maybe um, Jonathan, you wanna handle that one. Yeah, there's uh, there's definitely lots of, of resources. I mean, here at uh, Sunnybrook, there's a series of videos and information uh, on, the, on our website at the uh, Sunnybrook Holland bone and joint program website. Uh, there's also my uh, hip and knee app, which you know takes patients through their, their journey, supports them, gives them uh, resources, videos, explaining their diagnosis, explaining the surgeries and really uh, helping you know patients understand the, the treatment and the uh, surgery that, that they may uh, have to, to go through if they're suffering with arthritis. Um, and you know, I would just echo what, what Dr. Wine was saying and that uh, if, if you want to get involved or you, you are suffering with arthritis, I think uh, if you can 
spare a few minutes around your your journey to to support the ongoing trials or uh, you know innovations that uh, you know your local center is uh, is trying to initiate. I think that you know really helps support the, the clinicians, the research teams, understand uh, patients, help patients in the future, um, and you, you know improve our our care overall. And you know we couldn't. Do it. We couldn't gather this this information without buy-in from from the patients, and uh, you know, really sacrificing a bit of their time as they're going through this to to help us understand them and and their journey. So, I think uh, just get get involved uh, where you can. Try and uh, understand your your diagnosis uh, better. There's lots of um, resources online about arthritis. Uh, I'd recommend the, the Sunnybrook uh, resources. Um, but I mean, there's, there's lots, there's also the GLAD program, uh, for patients suffering with arthritis, which is, you know, an education, uh, program, but also helps with, uh, physiotherapy, um, and specific exercises to, to help patients suffering with arthritis. So, um, that's, uh, that's what I would, I would recommend for, for any patients out there. Beautiful. And we will definitely link those below the video. Um, and with that, uh, Dr. Wine, uh, Dr. Lex, you know, again, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your work in this field. And I cannot wait to uh, to read about the results and uh, yeah, see see what comes of this research. So with that, um, from our audience, huge thank you. And we wish you all the best. Thank you. And thank you to the Arthritis Society for supporting our research. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you very much. And with that, take care, everyone. We'll see you on our next episode.